You know, in order to worship God, in order to move on with Him, you have to make sure that nothing else is um, getting that worship and nothing else is uh, keeping us and holding us back. Are there things in life that can hold a person back from where they're supposed to be or what their potential is? There are. There are. Not of God. He's not restricting us. He's not restraining us, keeping us back. But sometimes our refusal to let go of certain ties and connections can be a great hindrance to us moving forward. Everybody listening? All right. Sometimes there needs to be a, a breaking and a cutting loose of things from the past that we used to associate with. Sometimes it's activity. Sometimes it's people. Sometimes it's way of thinking or preferred ways, things like that. But there are things that are in the past that sometimes need to be let go, cut the ties. And only when those ties are cut are we going to rock it forward. Some people, they've been trying. Everybody see what I see already? (laughs) Some people have been trying because their heart is to go on. Their desire is for more, to experience more, to walk in more. What they've seen in the Word, what they've heard in their, by the Spirit in their heart. And it's like they're, it's like they got a big bungee cord on them. And they're trying. And it's not like they're not making any progress, but it's getting hard. And it's really slow. And it seems like if they ever breathe, they go back. If they ever take off the assertive, concentrated effort of taking ground, moving forward, those things pull them back to where they used to be. That can get tiring after a while. (laughs) And I tell you what, the fact that we desire to move forward, to move on, to increase, well, again, just the fact that we want that in God I'm talking about and uh, in life, however God is involved in your life, that so many times is a direct indication that there is something there to get. We're not striving for nothing. We're not endeavoring to grow and there is nothing else to grow in. You see, the, the Bible says, remember Psalm 37, it's a great psalm, uh, delight yourself also in the Lord and He will give you the desire of your heart. That desire uh, may be able to be um, translated multiple ways in the sense that He'll give you what you want, but He'll also give you the want. What I'm saying? When you're, when you're following after Him, you start wanting right things and not only do you want right things but God grants those desires those wants in your life so the fact that uh, we have hunger here we have desire to go on and move on and and experience more and and uh, and walk in the glory of God and see it manifest every day of our lives in every aspect of our life our life that's a God thought that's a God desire and, and just, the, again, the very fact that we want something, and I don't mean if we, were, if we were just walking in the flesh and just carnal, you could want things that are ungodly. Don't get me wrong. 
Your flesh still has desires. But when you're pursuing after Him, following after Him, and you want some things, again, I think that's, a, to me, that's an indication that something else is there. And God wants me to have it. And some things need to be pursued. Even though they're freely given by grace, we still have to take steps to walk in them. They'll not be forced upon us, but we have to get there. Sometimes it is a timing issue. Whereas if I'm faithful through the years, I will walk into without effort what God has planned for me next. Those things don't come any other way except by being faithful with where he's placed you. Then you keep walking and, oh, hey, it's different here. It's like if I keep walking, if I'm, my assignment is to walk west, <laughs> eventually, if I just keep walking, I will say, well, look at there. I'm in Oregon. <laughs> well, how did you get God to put you in Oregon? Well, I was just faithful with what he told me to do. He said, walk west. You know what I'm saying? I will arrive in a new place simply by fulfilling my, 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 my assignments. What being in my place, all right? And so, uh, and so, some things are just a matter of time, but not time alone. You can sit on your uh, <clears throat> for a, a long time, <laughs> and if we're not doing anything with that time, then we're not ever going to arrive in Oregon or anywhere else. But some things take intentional uh, steps of faith where we must move forward. And th- and here's where we're. we're, we're where we're getting at and where what I need to say tonight again if something from the past needs to be cut off if we need to let go of something else that is key to getting where we need to be and without that again striving struggling sweating I'm not moving very fast and then then oftentimes going backwards um, until we let loose of those things that are holding us back all right sometimes those things are are people Sometimes those things are people. People can be one of the greatest hindrances in life. And our relationships, those whom we join with, are big time a part of us being able to get where we want to get. Fulfill what we're supposed to do, what we're designed to do on the earth. All right? Wrong relationships and wrong connections can be of great can be a great hindrance, and they can be like that bungee cord on your back. Amen. Now I'm not telling anyone telling anyone to leave their spouse here tonight. I'm not telling anyone that for even for a second. Don't don't people sometimes got to say things like you know sometimes people will interpret what you say any old way they want. See, I knew it. I knew that's what God wanted me to do. No, that's not what God wanted you to do. All right. (laughs) However, sometimes it is family. And I'm not talking about just cutting people off and saying I'm never going to look at you again. (laughs) But sometimes in the daily interaction that people have with those close to them, um, and sometimes it is blood relatives, uh, that sometimes is the thing that holds them back because people can talk you down and be a weight around your neck 
and just a leech on your back and they're just sucking the life out of you every two. And sometimes you just need to put some distance there. In order to move on with God, you, that can be an issue. Hmm. In, in Bible days, and, uh, and it's true here today, in our, in our part of the country here, it happens a lot. But in Bible days, you can read about it in the book of Hebrews. And it's the reason some strong language was given there in uh, Hebrews chapter 6 about people turning their back on the Lord once they have known. You know what I'm talking about? Hebrews 10 goes on to continue the thought about crucifying the Son of God afresh. Because what happened is uh, people, the Hebrews, some of the Jews, they would get saved. They would accept the Lord Jesus. But there was tremendous pressure on them uh, tremendous persecution and pressure on them to leave that and go back under the law because they're free from the law they're free from all this bondage I mean it's a, a brand new life but everyone around them is against them and I've heard I can't verify but culturally uh, I've been told stories that that sometimes they would have funerals for people and they weren't dead because they were just completely cutting them off in fact uh, uh Guy in our church recently was telling me when he he had that experience, and we're we're not a we 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 love the 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 Mormons and stuff around here, but he he was a Mormon for a long time, and when he got saved, he absolutely lost everything family wise, including his spouse, and uh, and they all left him because he uh, gave his life to the Lord and left that religion, okay. And uh, in, in Hebrew, see, they were pressured to do that, to leave Christianity and go back into Judaism, back under the law. And, uh, and so strong language was, was given about what could happen to a person who knowingly, those who had matured, those who had, you know, were walking in the power of God, they knew, they knew what they were doing. It wasn't just a bad day or temptation, you know, but they knew what they were doing and they turned their back on the Lord. They said, you're in trouble now. That's, that's a really big deal. And what we all have to do is recognize that, um, that God is more important than family. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's, a, it's kind of an unpopular statement because, you know, family first is a big, well-accepted phrase. You know, got to put your family first. Family's always first. Not true, though. Sometimes family, and we're pro-family here, by the way. <laughs> sometimes though those connections can become God in a person's life and they'll worship they won't say it this way but they'll worship what their wife says what their husband says what their grandma says what their what different people say they'll worship what they say above God hmm and that's something we have to watch out for and uh, you know I was thinking of this scripture look, look with me real quick or slow I don't care we don't have a plan. <laughs> to Luke 17. Luke 17, verse 3. 17, 3. Take heed to yourselves. That's a good word. I got a series on that phrase right there. It's online, I think. Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. I don't know if that language has ever bothered you. But you notice that's a qualified forgiveness. (laughs) 
If your brother sins against you, that would include sisters, brother, sister, sins against you, what? Rebuke him. <laughs> really? I've been wanting to do that. <laughs> no, I mean, obviously this has got to be done in the spirit of love, that dominant Jesus teaching. Rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. What's the implication there? If he doesn't repent, <laughs> what? I know it's hard for you to say that. <laughs> it's like, ah, I, I, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> this is a trick. This is a trap. <laughs> well, I'm just reading what Jesus said here. Okay. How many know sometimes you can read the scripture and not understand it? That doesn't mean we don't accept it. We don't say, ah, that can't be. No. We can say, ah, I'm not seeing that yet. And I'm not saying I fully see it. And there are definitely things that I don't fully see. A lot of things I don't fully see. And I'm increasing more and more. But it's always accept the word of the Lord. If you ever read something, go, yeah, that's right. Your mind will go, I don't get that. Just say, thank you, Lord. Man, you're right. That is good. Oh, man, that's good. I like that. (laughs) Rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. Now, we know this, that the Lord is not teaching us that we should hold things against people. Like we're to be grudge holders. But really the deal is, if someone sins against you, that's their problem. Don't let it become your problem where you have an unforgiving heart. An unforgiving attitude or hold bitterness against them. But basically, it's on them if they sin against you. Now, if they don't know about it, if you're just mad about someone that they should have known better, well, that's on you. Huh? Man, they just tee me off. I can't believe what they said. And you never talk to them. Well, you're the one in sin. Huh? The person who knows about it is the one who's supposed to initiate uh, reconciliation. I don't like conf- you know, confrontation. Well, who does? I guess some people do, but I don't either. But sometimes that's your step of faith. Sometimes you have to make yourself deal with stuff because relationships are worth it. Amen. Amen. Now, uh, again, he's not telling us to hold on to something per se. But if you tell someone, if you rebuke them, you tell, you did me wrong. You did the wrong thing here. And then they don't repent. Whose problem is it? It's their problem. Never let it remain with you. If you're going to be bitter about it and lose sleep about it and all this kind of stuff, just you just turn it over to the Lord. But here's the deal. If they repent, then they get free from it. They're the one in, in, in wrong, so they're strapped with the problem. And as soon as they acknowledge that, repent means they turn from that, then they get loosed from it. Now, why do I bring that up? Well, and he goes on to say, you know, if they do it seven times, well, if they come back and repent, they get forgiven. Okay. But when it comes to those people sometimes in our lives that hold us back, um, letting that go or cutting that tie does not mean that we hold angst against people, that we, that we remain you know, elusive towards them in, 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 a, in a way where we're somehow rejecting them, 
But we no, we're using wisdom so that we can do the will of God. The will of God for your life is more important than other people being happy with you. It's more important than everyone of your associations, whether they're family or friends or neighbors, accepting and embracing what you're doing. Sometimes you will do something and say something and need to go, and they will not embrace it. So what if they reject me altogether? If you know what you're doing is right... Man, it might hurt, it might be uncomfortable. you got to bite the bullet and say, I'm not going to worship you above my God. He says that's exactly what we're doing when we let the opinions of man rise up and influence everything that we do in life. Everybody with me tonight? There are some things that God will have us do and have some things, you know, some of you you may have family and friends that you come to church here and, man, they heard about the fact that, you know, we believe in the power of God and we speak in and, uh, and, and that kind of thing. And they might think, you have, you're off your rocker. Can't believe you go to one of those churches like that. Well, love you. Bless you. See you after church. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's got to be a, a, a line drawn in the sand where we say, I am going to obey God. You know, sometimes people have had questions when in, what we're, in regards to marriage and what the Bible says in Ephesians 5 and 1 Peter 3 about submission in marriage and about how, how, how the Bible instructs, um, you know, men are to love as Christ loved the church, women are to submit themselves under their own husbands. How many know there are, li- there are limits there? I mean, it's a godly order. It's a godly um, design and and plan for marriage to bring order in the home and and a lot of really good things but there is a limit well what if a what if a a husband obviously in this case an ungodly husband told his wife i don't want you to go to church well she should go anyway she should go anyway why because being that guy might be your husband but he's not your lord he's not your master he's not jesus and some things co, you know, supersede others. And we've got to know that. Now, on a practical level, if she said, I'm going to church every night of the week, well, that's just foolish. Know what I'm saying? Okay, then you're not taking care of, you know, marital things and, and, and family and home and stuff, like, and, and stuff like that. But there are times when, uh, when God has told us to do something, and, and that just needs to be um, more important than other things. Amen. Why do I say this? Well... If this were just super easy, we wouldn't have to say anything. The thing is, sometimes it's uncomfortable. Sometimes it's difficult to, to break off connections from the past. But unless those connections or those uh, disconnections are made, we'll never move forward. It might be connection to, um, you know, to certain other parts of the body of Christ. And we, of course, we're not cutting off completely. But, you know, God has joined, if you think of the physical body, certain parts of the physical body touch other parts of the physical body, but others don't connect. You know, like in my case, there are certain parts of my back I can't touch. <laughs> Still part of my body. Some people are real good at that. No, me. There's a whole area there. Just <laughs> Whether that's a good illustration or not, I don't know. But, you know, within the body of Christ, 
All of it, we're all going to heaven, anyone who's made Jesus the Lord of our lives, but we're not all in direct connection here on the earth. And different groups, and again, I don't want to, I hope I don't sound arrogant in any way, like we're all that, but different groups have different understanding, different revelation in different areas. And sometimes some of us had to disconnect from certain parts of the body. They're still in, the Lord still loves them, different parts of the body, so that we could move on. And if we didn't disconnect, well, I'm not saying, I'm not saying we're going to lose our salvation or anything, but we wouldn't be able to experience the more that, man, we knew inside that was there. I think a lot of people can probably relate to that. You got to a point in your life, man, you knew there was something there. There was, you read it in the Word. You saw it in maybe somebody else. You knew there was more there than you're experiencing right now. And you were already in the, you're already saved. You already loved the Lord, but you knew there was more. How are you going to get that? Well, if you stayed right where you were in your connections, you wouldn't have ever been able to move on. And so sometimes it is necessary. Sometimes cutting off some things of the past becomes necessary to move on into things ahead. Now, sometimes they're just memories. Sometimes they're things that have already been cut off, but people hang on to them up here. Man, the mind can be a big thing that holds people back. If we don't let loose and forget what Paul said in Philippians 3, forgetting those things which are behind, I press on towards the mark. Remember that? And, uh, and you can read all about that. But he said, he said I've got to forget the past in order to move on and do more. And I really believe the Lord wants us to move on. Amen. 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 Sometimes it's activity. I mentioned this earlier. Sometimes it's a mindset. It's a belief system. Sometimes it's an activity that we're involved in. And, uh, you know, just, just habits. I've been doing this for years. Well, I've been whatever that is. Well, sometimes the Lord will deal with you. I'm not saying make a law out of it. I'm not saying require it of other people. But if you know as you're going along, as you're living your life, as you're seeking after the Lord, man, it just seems like I'm not supposed to do this anymore. I mean, I've been do, doing this a long time. I've, I've known, and I, I hesitate to give illustration because I don't want to narrow it in, but I'll, I'll say it, but I'm just not limited to these. But I know friends who were avid golfers and gave it up. Nothing wrong with golf, I, you know. But in them at that time, and some of them picked it up years later, but dropped it off for years. Why? For them, it was holding them back at the time. They needed to move on spiritually. They needed to go somewhere, and that was a hindrance to them. So sometimes it's not a sinful thing. It's just whatever the Lord deals with you about. Cut it and move on. What I like to golf. Okay, stay the where you are. Stay where you where you are and the way you are. Ten years from now, you'll still be there. Wonder if that ever happens. <laughs> Think anyone ever stays in the same place year after year, decade after decade, and they never really enter into greater things? It happens. But how many know it's not the Lord holding us back? It's sometimes things that we've attached ourselves to. Not God attached, we attached ourselves to it. And the Lord let us do it. And maybe it was fine for a season, maybe it was fine for a time. But really, the, further, the higher you go, the more you develop, sometimes the bigger, the more things are off limits. You know what I'm saying by that? It's like people used to ask me the question all the time. Um, 
uh, about getting married. They would ask me about things like, is there one person for everyone? You know, they'd call it, I found the one. You know what I'm saying? And I found the one. Praise God. <laughs> and, uh, and oftentimes the way I would, uh, I would answer that, I'd say, well, obviously the one that you marry, that is the one. So in my, sense, my case, I found the one, and you will find the one. And I, but I would explain further, um, in my opinion now, I don't, I don't have a, a Bible verse that says there is only one person for every other one person. And I can think logically, because that gets messed up as soon as one person decides to do the wrong thing. Because as soon as they decide to do the wrong thing, they just messed up two other people. You know, if I was supposed to marry her, but yet she was the one for this other dude, well, I messed up that now. And then the other one that was the one for me, I messed up that. So someone else is going to marry them, and they weren't supposed to. And the whole system gets real chaotic real quick. Then you have kids, and they're the wrong kids. <laughs> and then, then who's the one for them? So I think the whole system got messed up way before you and I even showed up. We are all the wrong ones. <laughs> so, expounding on that further then, I would, you know, I would typically answer them and say, there's probably more of a pool of people that could potentially be the one for you. You know what I'm saying? In other words... If you were, you know, in your 20s and single and you lived in Boise, likely you'll find the one here. If you lived in Pittsburgh, you would likely find the one there. Now, I realize sometimes there's long-distance relationships and all this stuff. But, I mean, and it, it, it could be the one. They could be, quote, the one. But here, here's, here's where I'm going with this. I, I would say, I think that the higher a person's assignment from God in his kingdom, that the pool gets smaller. And when I considered and was scanning the landscape of the world, which one should I take? Not to imply that I just had every option. They actually had to had to, they had to reciprocate, you know. <laughs> but when I was when I was single and thinking about this, I th- at least in my mind, not just because I was picky, which of course I was. Everyone should be picky when it comes to those kind of things. Uh, but because I required, and I say I required by virtue of the call of what I believed God wanted me to do, that the pool got smaller. For one, as soon as you get saved, the pool goes, right? It's supposed to. For the believer, they're not supposed to be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. So there goes the bar scene. Hopefully, if you're a believer, you left that scene, right? You're not not fishing there anymore, right? But in my case, my pool, I think, was smaller just because... I needed someone not only who was attractive in many ways to me as a uh, physically and emotionally and that kind of way and that kind of thing, but 
someone who could assist me and be with me in the ministry. Because that's not for, not everybody wants that. Not everybody's supposed to do that. Some people make a, I can speak from situations I know, some people make a pastor's life hell. All right? And, and, I'm, and my wife doesn't do that. She's a huge help and a blessing. So I'm thankful for that. Now, there's a reason I got off on that, and I'm going to remember it shortly. <laughs> Yeah, it was before that, though. Don't you remember? Yeah, way before that. (laughs) Exactly. The further you go on with God... The more you mature, the more you press on and to walk into more of what he has for you, the more things potentially become off limits. Not because the scriptures changed, all things are still lawful. But less, far, far, more, less, far more things are less helpful. They're less beneficial and they can then in turn become a hindrance. They can be a tie around your back. And so if you go on, We'll find there's more and more things. We just go clip, clip, clip. I'm going to get free from that. Clip. Sometimes it's just like I said with the guy I knew who golfed. Uh, Sometimes it's just seasons. But if you want to go on, we have to be willing to do that. Amen. I was like, well, the Lord's been dealing with me to get up an hour early to spend time in prayer. Well, then do that. It might not be forever. It might just be for a week. Why? Well, until something develops in you, or it is deposited, or a project in the Spirit is prayed through and prayed out. So we don't always know. The Lord doesn't show us the whole picture. But whenever He deals with us, knock that off. You need to stop talking that way. You need to stop reading that. You need to stop looking at that. You need to stop hanging out with this person so much. Hmm. You need to, you know... And the Lord will deal with us in different areas. Know this. The end, of the, the end of the commandment is always a greater life. Is always uh, more depth and more maturity. Amen. Boy, I sure didn't come in here planning on talking about this tonight. But I know it's good. I know there's some, there's some things that need to be cut off. Because the Lord is helping us. Man, we're in the middle. Uh, in the middle, I think in the beginning, but we're in it now. There's a move of God's spirit around here. I'm so happy. Praise God. Things are happening more and more. And uh, yay, God. Yay, God. In the middle of it, though, we're each going to be required to do things. So what if I don't want to? Well, then you get left on the sidelines. And sometimes it's rotten attitudes. Best blood, I'm not going to do that. Okay. Watch the rest of us then. We're moving on. And the Lord will deal with each of us in different ways, different times about different things. None of us judge one another, but we all judge ourselves, as 1 Corinthians 11 says. I mean, judge yourself in the, not condemnation, but in the light of Jesus, in the light of what He's done for us. And let's move on. Come on, let's go up higher. Let's go further than we've ever gone before. Amen.
Amen. Father, we just love you tonight. We praise you. We lay our lives before you. Come on, listen to him now. Listen to him. And if you need to talk to him about something, let's do that for a moment. Let's do that for a moment. Oh, thank you, Lord. Praise God. (laughs) Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for being so faithful to speak to our hearts, to help us to see these things, for showing us areas of our lives that have been a hindrance, that have been in the way, even sometimes relationships that have kept us back. Thank you, Lord. 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 Oh, we give you glory. We give you.